I'm on the Child Whisper podcast. I should know that. I should know better. But I think you just kind of get in those scenarios and this is what you do. So why? Why do we why do we bash our children? Why do we come up with these negative labels? Welcome to the Child Whisper podcast. I'm your host, Carol Tuttle, author of the best-selling parenting book, The Child Whisper. I'm with my co-host, Ann Tuttle-Brown. Rather than a question this week, we have a situation that we feel very passionate about that we'd like to chat with you about. And this involves the age of social media and a common practice that's been happening within the parenting culture, I think, for many decades. It's just social media presents it as a new level of opportunity to be mindful of. And the scenario is, are you shaming your child unknowingly? And this is this occurs when you talk about your child and the adjectives and labels you put on them. I see in the social media world, which I'm on every day, I am an influencer online, and so I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I'm on these different platforms that I'm seeing what others are doing. And there seems to be a trend in the age group that you're in, Anne, of the millennial mother, basically, that's sharing their story, their passion, their experience, particularly on Instagram. And that's where we see a lot of hashtags. And this came to my attention when a recent, as I was, I had to stop following this person because they kept hashtagging their child with a really negative reference. And I'm not even saying, I don't want to point fingers and that, but I, I felt it was so unfortunate that it was done so mindlessly to say, you're really shaming your child every time you use that hashtag. Yeah, they might be three, but there's an energy you put out and a perception you project on them, and you're inviting everyone else to see them. It's not cute. It's not fun. It's it's in a form of bull, parent bullying, in my opinion, to say, don't put your children down in social media. Now, there's that kind of blatant, my child is the, and, and ironically, guess what type the child is? Type three. Exactly. Type three child that's very hands-on as a toddler, getting into things, very... Uh, what are some of the labels that they would might use? Bad? Naughty defiant, naughty. defiant. And they do it repeatedly. It's like the child has this hashtag now. And it's like, uh, that's really putting your, ch- your child down. Not understanding their determined, you know, take on the challenge nature. Now, you have a scenario where I think this has been happening for decades, where it's the social conversations... And you will get together with another mother and talk about kind of the difficult kid and how hard they are and even have, well, you had an experience yeah. recently. I mean, you'll talk about your kids. You'll talk about how are they sleeping or the cute things they've done and all. And, the and your frustrations. Yeah, for sure. Your frustrations. Your stresses. Or just the kind of their quirks. And so we had um, some friends over and their daughter is just a couple years younger than my type three daughter and they were playing really well together and the other mom said, well, she's kind of bossy. And, and I said, well, so is my daughter. She's bossy too. So they get along great. And what I, sh- as that later that evening, I was like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I should have said instead to portray the same behavior. Katie loves to be in charge. So she plays really well with younger kids. Cause that's just sort of a order of allowing her to be mm-hmm. more in charge and not yeah, it's have true. to fight she for that role. She loves to be in charge. She loves she to does. take the lead. She has a great gift to take the lead. 
And I admire that in her, and it serves her well. And when she plays with kids, she likes to take the lead. <laughs> and so labeling that as is, is that's a better way to say it than she's bossy. Because with that, you could, I mean, that's that's negative, right? That's just like she's bossy. She's telling everyone she's what to annoying. do. She's annoying, right? Yeah, she's like so got these this, two little bossy girls. She has girls. this problem. Yeah, and I mean, I'm on the Child Whisper podcast. I should know that. I should know better. But I think you just kind of get in those scenarios, and this is what you do. So why why do we why do we bash our children? Why do we come up with these negative labels? I think sometimes you want to fit in. I think it's a little bit like humorous sometimes. Well, it's me. Yeah, release. I know what you're feeling. So there is some empathy exchange. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I get it. I have that scenario too. And you kind of line up with the way a child's being referenced by just joining the conversation from that perspective and just using negative labels for a child. Looking at your motive, I think the motive is fair. There's a stress involved with a child that requires more of your effort, more of your time, more strategy, more trial and error. There's a stress involved with that. So that's fair. You want to be supported in knowing you're not alone. Other parents are going through this. It's just that tweaking of, in your story, for example, to go, I get what you're saying. I have that experience too. That's fair. That's good to source support to have empathy, to feel like, I'm not alone in this. This parent gets me in my situation. That relieves some of the stress. It's just modifying the references. It's that simple. And having those open and honest conversations can be supportive rather than just giving your kid a label like, oh, she's always bossy. They're so difficult. They're so defiant. I've had conversations with my husband where she's not listening to me. She's talking back. Like, it's really annoying. What do I do? And just getting that support. Like, it's okay. Okay, maybe there's some modifications we need to make. And just rather than lashing out at her or calling her, "Ah," you know, telling her, giving her a label – or going to a friend and just kind of making light of it. If there's really an issue, talk to someone openly about the challenge. I'm glad you're here on the Child Whisper podcast so you can get those insights and inspiration that you need to solve the problem. But I think every type of child has kind of a label that they come with. And you talk about this in the Child Whisper. So let's go over each type of child and how that bossy label that I use to describe my type 3 could be turned into a positive yeah. reference. After we do that, I want to talk about, because I think it's parents listening to us are very proactive in making these changes. The real touchy area is when a relative starts labeling your child in these negative ways, and what do you do about that? Because actually that came up in our lifestyle group where someone posted a scenario without details, just saying I have a situation where someone is now using these negative labels without the information what do I do? And so let's look at that as well. So the type one child can get labeled as the scattered, less responsible, that movement. Hyper. Hyper. This, oh, your child's so hyper. Yeah, they're so hyper. They never sit still. ADHD, and even if it's not, like, obviously that's a real That's diagnosis, a real diagnosis. But I think it can get thrown around. Yeah, in the world of a very type four environment, a child could look overly hyper and it could be just their movement is out of balance in the situation there and the type two child gets called whiny and that they're just oh my child's so whiny so needy needy too sensitive they're too sensitive and the type three child that determined nature gets called defiant 
They're just, you know, they get, I think they get hit with some of the more extreme labels because the toddler phase is so um, challenging. Or the the mother, like, he's out to get me. Like, my (laughs) child really is defiant and and it's like, no. Yeah, I've said this many I've said this many times on previous podcasts in the um, former format, your three-year-old never wakes up and goes, how can I get my mother today? (laughs) They don't have ill intent. It's just a misunderstanding of their nature. There's a lot of variables. That's what we address every week. We've got support for you. And then the type four child is just, they're, they're extreme in their seriousness. They're not light enough. They're know-it-alls. Yeah. Such a know-it-all. You know, you always have to be right. So yeah. what are some more positive phrases you could use, even if you are dealing with a well, like we've used very high sensitive, type yeah, one? We've yeah. got the fun-loving child, fun-loving. the sensitive child, the determined child, and the more serious child. Yeah. That's and one ref- reason I gave those labels in each of the sections on each of the four types of children was to present a label that honored their movement rather than shamed it. And reference the Child Whisperer book for Handy phrases to use lots of great vocabulary in there to describe and honor your child and use those use those words you're you're i love that you take charge katie i love that about you i really do and when you found a solution where you found that actually her playing with a child a year or two younger than her sets her up for success so we're not saying to excuse misbehaving oh you let children do whatever they want it's your opportunity as a parent to set up scenarios that supports their true nature so success is a more natural, effortless outcome. You've come up with a strategy for that. She does fine in school, though, because she's now putting – she's in a structure bigger than her, and the teacher's in charge, and she I, respects that. I would say, too, if you have read The Child Whisperer and you're getting – or if you haven't, but if it's been a while – and you're getting kind of frustrated with your child, read back through the that type section. I've done this recently with my type three because it was like, okay, I need to remember what this looks like and honor that. And it brought a lot of peace and ahas as I went through it again. So if it's been a while, go through the child whisper again. So what do you do if a relative is calling your child? Oh, it's funny. One man. of these negative labels, and they're they are referring to their energy type in the la- the negative label, but they don't have the information to understand. That's how they move through life, and you have a false expectation of who they who you think they should be. Well, it's interesting because obviously in our family group, everyone's aware of the types and there's that expectation of the high movement, the low movement and the sensitive nature. And it's interesting to me when we go out with other family or even just with friends in the neighborhood, they pick up on that so quickly. Oh, your little Sam, he's so sweet is a word they often use. Katie is so full of life. We hear so many, they'll just meet her at church or a neighbor across the street. She is so full of life. Even the word passionate. I'm like, you've known her for five minutes. It really comes across, I guess. Or with family, she has, she really moves a lot. I'm like, so what if you were in a setting and someone said, man, she's so like, she just is so bossy. Like, she's annoying. It's presented that, like, you need, this kid needs to be disciplined here. You know, you need to change this. Honestly, I probably wouldn't say anything, but I then oh. I wish I would have. So we're going to give you well, some good I comebacks say? right now. <laughs> well, I think in, in that scenario, now that I've been through it, she's so bossy. Well, you, you, she, she loves to take charge. Yeah, you could say, yeah, she's a very passionate little girl. She loves to take charge. You could put your own positive yeah, on it. you can it. say, I, I love that about her. I and know also, my child. I, I'm 
as a parent, you're teaching them how to manage these gifts that can turn into challenges. And I love that about her. And yeah. we're we're working on it. I don't know. Like, like what would you my, say? Well, You're I so think sensitive. you go what to those fun, those four very specific positive labels that are presented. My, you know, so if a negative reference is made about a type one child with someone that is uninformed, yes, my child is very fun loving. They have a very buoyant energy and we're there to support them. I love that. I'm there to support her. That's fun. I like that. Yes, my child is sensitive. They have some really strong emotional needs, and we're really learning how to support them. That you're in process. I could see with the type two. Do they all, do they always cry like that? What do they need? Are they you hungry? Just stop yourself they from whining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're very sensitive. It can come out that way at times, and we're really learning how to support them. Type three, we've covered. Just mm-hmm. say, yep, they love to take charge, and we're really learning how to direct that energy, how to support them in that big energy they have. Type four, yeah, my child's more serious about life, and. Uh, more private. I, you know, my one of my pet peeves in the whole parenting world is to force a type four child to look at an adult they don't even know and try and engage and say hi. You know, forcing them. Go give grandma a hug. Oh yeah, I'm like, <laughs> oh no, don't make them do that. You know, recognize there's a even a type two child. There's a level of familiarity that needs to occur. There's a privacy factor for a type 4. There is a lack of familiarity factor for a type 2 child. So, you know, those forced connections, I'm like, ah, Calista, our it. type 4 expert, shared a story that when her great-grandma came over, her mom would let her go out into the hay bales because she grew up on a farm. And she would, she said, you don't have to interact because she knew. She didn't know Calista's type, but she knew that she was more private, didn't like to be forced in those interactions. And so Calista just has really fond memories of when great-grandma came over. She got to go hide in the hay bales and read. Well, I've got that it. A good I've got it. That just part. prompted a practice for grandparents because there's a tendency for a grandparent to say, give grandma a hug. I never say that. I never force the hug. I feel it's not, it's not giving a child a choice and... I wouldn't want someone to say that to me. Like, well, maybe I don't feel like hugging no, you. No, that's the type three part. I'm not going to do what you say. So I always say to my chi- my grandchildren, um, can I give you a hug? I and remember if they saying say that. no to me or they're not really there to do that, it's just not they're not feeling it right now, I don't take it personal. I respect the fact that they're small. Yeah. You know, in my type four grandson, who's soon to be 11, he will only give side-to-side kind of, you know, arm around each other. He doesn't like a front-on hug. I could take that personal and think, oh, I could force him. No, he'll even give me that because I respect the fact that he's not comfortable with another form of connection at this point. This could be a whole other podcast. I'm thinking as a parent, I I mean, I know when Katie has kind of been like, no, no, Grandma, and run away, and then I take it personal. I'm like, I'm sorry. I feel like I have to apologize, but no. I'm like, you get it. Let's bring it back to the where we started with, are you shaming your child unknowingly? They're, you know, I think your intentions are well served, that you're looking for support. You're not intentionally. Now, unless you're using hashtags with shaming labels and that seems pretty intentional (laughs) that just needs to stop are you talking about your children in social media in a negative way choose to get support from family members you trust close friends and conversations that are productive to say I'm stressed out by this go back to the book get out of the stress rather than trying to 
relieve the stress in these very superficial ways of putting it on social media, using it as a tool to get empathy or attention. That's not effective. It's not supportive to a true outcome of change. And it's certainly projecting a negative energy onto your child that overall is not what you want. So put that to practice this week. And then more specifically, how could you in those moments of like I did with the bossy to the in charge, how can you rephrase in those conversations to share your child's nature and their wonderful gifts? Thanks for listening. For more support, go to thechildwhisper.com where you can purchase the book, subscribe to our weekly parenting practice email, and find a transcription and audio of the Child Whisper podcast. If you're listening on iTunes, thank you for leaving a review. If you have a parenting question, please send it to parenting at liveyourtruth.com.